Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week we take a movie from our past and have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? I'm so sore. Yeah? <laughs> you do it to yourself, you know. Oh, I'm You just... and no one else. You do it I'm to yourself. Old out. Just to you old and broken between having a huge fall on my ass yes. in the mud mm-hmm. where I might have wrecked my new favorite shirt. Yes. Which makes me really sad. Mm-hmm. And then later that same day, getting a tattoo in which I had to lay in a really uncomfortable position for a long time. I'm basically surviving on painkillers and barely at that point. So remember when I said you do it to yourself? Mm-hmm. The fall, though, that was that was my fault. That wasn't your fault. That was an oopsie do. The and rest of it. Thankfully, nobody was horribly hurt, but like, holy. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're okay, even if you're like, uh, about everything. It's a problem with getting older, hun. Everything hurts. My foot hurts right now. It feels like I have a bruise on the ball of my t- my foot, and I have no idea how. Oh, my No friend. idea. I'm just pointing. I'm not saying my pain is worse than yours. I'm just saying I I'm have- old. And I have this, two owies. <laughs> I'm just saying this is this. I'm old and this hurts and I don't know why. Because I'm old and things hurt and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a cupcake break. I see. Mm-hmm. Could you could have you said you were ready? We could have you know, postponed the beginning of the podcast, but no, 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 no. I'm ready to go, and then I'm going to eat the cupcake during the intro of the show. Fix it and post. So let's talk about this week's movie, which is already better than last week's movie. I don't agree <laughs> with that. But this week we will be talking about Casper, which hit theaters back in 1995. For 100 years, he has wandered the halls of Whipstaff Manor, waiting for someone. There's a girl on my bed. Yes. Can you go invisible? <laughs> that was easy. Now, life at Whipstaff Manor will never be the same. Cool. Ghosts can't hurt you. Get bone bag! Don't come near me, you spiteful spook! We share haunting stories, we throw parties. The parties are always pretty dead, though. What the hell do you think you're doing? We have company. Well, company loves misery. Take a hike! Get a grave. You guys are disgusting, obnoxious creeps. Thank you! Universal Pictures and Avalon Entertainment. Are we scary or what? Invite you on a wild, wondrous ride. Hurry up, come on! To the other side. Smell it, Graham. Casper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of any like. It's a ghost movie. You love spooky things, and you're like, oh, I have no ideas. So here, no, I I can't. That'll be a spoiler (laughs) alert for my next pick. I was going to say something, but it's it's going to be a spoiler alert, so I can't. Okay. All right. So May 1995, Mm -hmm. the month Casper came out. May 16th, Japanese police arrest cult leader Shoko Ashihara 
and charge him with the nerve gas attack on Tokyo's subway system two months earlier. Wow. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't know about that. You didn't know about that. So when I went to university, I got a very, unless I wanted to keep going to school for a really long time, which I didn't, I got a very useless degree. The art history, the art history degree. It's not art history. It's just it's history. Just history degree. Sorry. I, art history was like your minor, right? No. You, you took art history as I did well. take art history. Yeah. But it wasn't, I didn't have a minor. I was actually closer in getting a minor in religious studies. I see. Despite being an atheist. Religious studies is fascinating. So anyway, I did actually do a couple different courses on cults. One on North American cults and one on cults around the world. And one of the ones we talked about was this cult with the nerve gas attack and basically getting into how these cults kind of come to be and blah, blah, blah. One, boomers always had problems. Yeah. Two, easily susceptible to cults. Still are obviously to this day. MAGA says what? Mm-hmm. So anyway, May 19th, world's youngest doctor, Doogie Housing. No, world's youngest doctor, Balamorali and body, 17. Graduates from Mount Sinai. Wow. How old was Boogie Hauser? 12. Really? I don't know. You don't know. I'm going to guess. You look 12. Well. <laughs> I don't it, I don't know how it keeps happening. May, June, July, doesn't matter. Whatever month we tend to pick, Susan Lucci loses uh, the Daytime Emmy Awards. Well, it loses for the 15th time. It doesn't matter what month we seem to pick. She's just in there losing. And May 27th, this one's, uh, this one's actually kind of sad. Actor Christopher Reeve is paralyzed oh, from the yeah. neck down after falling from his horse in a riding competition. See that I do, I do remember. I remember that. that. Yeah. I remember the pictures were in like People magazine of him like falling directly on his head. Like now, that's one that really I would say for our audience, yeah, would be one that would be something you would remember. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. No, I remember that very well. I didn't. I don't think I'd seen too many of the Superman movies at that point, but I, you know, I hadn't seen a single one. But it was big news. I know my yeah. parents were like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Shall we get into the box office? Let's do it. So, mm-hmm. when I was like, we've had this movie on the shelf for a long time. I bought yes. it. I bought it on sale a while ago, like a long time ago, and it was still in the. And I think it's still in the wrap. It's still in the it shrimp. Ra- yeah, we watched it. On but Prime. it was a movie. I'm like, man, I would really love that this fit into our thing but i don't think it does i'm like well let's take a look well, what super does oh really so the start of the summer came in with my favorite diehard diehard of the vengeance. vengeance yep got jeremy irons i can't can't get enough of jeremy irons that's not even a joke that's legit uh with 22 million and that was beaten by the friendly ghost himself casper with 16 million and then 13 million the following week two number one weekends for casper it was beaten by congo Congo, yeah. Which I saw. It actually was uh, the record holder for the movie with the female lead into after uh, Alien 3. Oh, well, there you go. And uh, smashed the next week by Batman Forever at $52 million. Top movies of the year were Toy Story at 191 Batman Forever at 184 and Apollo 13 at 172 Can you guess where Casper fell? 15th? 7th. Oh, I should have said 7th. Yeah, I, you should have, because that would have been right. But the last time I said seventh, I was right. So I was like, I won't, it won't be seven this time. Yeah, it was seventh at 100.3 million smackadoos. Smackadoos. Spajoolies. <laughs> okay, Richie Rich. Did Topical. You know, did you know that Casper is the ghost of Richie Rich? 
Uh, I'm sure Richie Rich actually probably fits that criteria too. I remember seeing Richie. What Rich. came first, Richie Rich or this? Well, Richie Rich was Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, and it was when Macaulay Culkin was huge, and Home Alone was what ninety one. Home Alone two was what ninety three. So I would say this this had to come second. Yeah. Hey Google, what year did the Richie Rich movie come out? Nineteen ninety four. It was released on December twenty first, nineteen ninety four. There you go. John Larroquette is in that. I did know that. He's the bad guy. Jonathan Hyde is in that. What do you know? Did it make number one? I guess we'd have to look, but I don't think it did. I don't think it did well. No, I, I know it's not like a good movie. No, it's got bad reviews. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know what? We don't know about the reviews for Casper. Casper, no, we'll get into that later. But, but I guess we should talk about remembering this movie then. I go first, right? Yeah, it's all you. Okay, so I'm. I don't think we saw this in theaters, but I do know. I had it on VHS mm-hmm. in the old bubble box. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's all the kids' movies were in the bubble box. Yep. Yeah. I don't know why. So you wouldn't hurt yourself on cardboard sleeves. <laughs> I feel like the plastic ones were more dangerous. They had sharp edges. They did have sharp edges. I remember. So, but I, I know I watched this movie a ton as a kid. And I remember this movie was one of those ones that on the playground we quoted all the time. People were quoting the, the ghost uncles. Yeah. Then things like, can I keep you <laughs> and uh, all that jazz. So I just, I I don't remember the exact time I watched it for the first time. Cause I know I watched it a lot as a kid and I know we watched it around Halloween all the time as a kid. So like, I can't pick out what my first viewing, I know I loved it. My first viewing, I know I instantly fell in love with Devin Sawa, my first viewing. And I have spoken with him on Twitter several times now. And I about that. how many times have you talked to him about Casper? Because he doesn't like it. Like, he doesn't not like the movie, but he, he doesn't like when people come up to him and be like, can I keep you? Because he's like- Because that's just, creepy. Yes. That's, that's a creepy thing to say. Yes. But in the context of a movie, it's really cute. Is it? We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> As, a two, Brutus? Uh, I, I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. Same thing. I feel like I've, I first saw it as a rental. I feel like. But otherwise, I can't. I cannot place. I cannot place viewing it. The things I remember about this movie is smellogram, and like I remembered that was one of the lines we would say to each other. Just smellogram all the time. And would you fart at each other or burp at each other? I think or, so. Yeah. 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 That's a, a thing that kids would do. I'm sure. But like, I, I I didn't remember a lot about the movie. But whenever like an uncle would say something like bone bag, I'd be like, yeah, I remember that in the toy commercials. Because they were like Happy Meal commercials and stuff. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a, that's what I remember. I don't. Yeah, the don't uncle lines the... were super quotable as kids, and I'm sure that was intentional. And then, uh, oh, another big quotable line, which I'll just repeat when we get into it, because I made a note of it. Piece of cake, piece of crumb cake. Okay. We would say that to each other all the time. What? Okay. <laughs> you know what? Ten year olds are stupid. Ten year olds are stupid, <laughs> especially your friends. <laughs> Look, I grew up in the middle of nowhere with not much else to do. Give me a break. Just quoting Casper. That's all there is. That's all there is to do. Better than Mortal Kombat. Hey, movie's great. Anyway, yeah. So I, I guess we should we should get into it. And and I kind of want to start with this. And this isn't my like review of the movie, but it, it's just kind of a, a point to make about this movie. And 
and don't take this like as a bad thing. But as we watched this movie, I really just wanted to watch the Adams family. You know what? It was actually down between this and Adams family, and I actually watched Adams family like a year ago. Yeah, and I haven't watched Casper in forever, so I went that's with why you went. With, okay, so it's funny because you could just, always make Adams family your next pick. I could, but no, my pick has been made. Anyway, yeah, it, it was just so funny. Like the whole time we were watching this movie, I was like, "Oh, this happens." No, that's the Adams family. Like the whole time, and it the movie has kind of a similar plot in the sense of like lady and her stooge who is a popular comedian are yeah. are trying to get like treasure from the family that lives well, there. Eric Idle and this is hilarious. Yeah, I mean I remember And Kathy Moriarty is perfect as a villainess. Yeah, so it was it was weird because I just kept thinking of like, yeah, this this everything about this is just making me think of the Adams family. Well think about it. they came out around the same time. Adams family I think was what, ninety two. Yeah. There is a really good reason why so many women of my age are obsessed with Halloween, crap, fall, how we make it our whole personalities, especially <laughs> for like five months of the year. I'm not going to deny that. Right? Mm -hmm. It's because this is what we grew up with. It was, this was in our formative years. We had things like Adam's Family, Casper, Scooby-Doo. Like all these things coming at us that were spooky, Beetlejuice, like just Edward Scissorhands, like it was just spooky, spooky, spooky. We grew up during a very spooky time and like I miss that kind of spookiness of the early 90s because we don't really get that. The spookiness we get now is a lot more polished and I don't want polished. This is a little bit more. What do you mean by polished? This intrigues me. Go on. It's all got that like Instagram filter perfection on it. Whereas this is like. As, what's an example of that? Like Hotel Transylvania? Like that doesn't seem Instagram polished to me. No, but like it's it's hard to quantify. There's a grittiness to the 90s that doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Everything about the 90s had, especially the early 90s, had that little bit of dirt on it. <laughs> and it made it special. And you know okay. what? You don't understand, but you know I'm right. There's something about it, like grunge. Like it was literally called grunge. This has the. Okay, I know you're all about grunge and such, but if you're trying to, like, a lot of these are like grunge? abstract concepts of an aesthetic. The Adams Family has an MC Hammer song in it. This movie has a Little Richard song in it. So the thing about that compares to grunge to me. No. You don't, it is an aesthetic of the time. We're talking about like art history here. Okay. And according to you, I minored in art history. Uh -huh. So if anybody knows about this, it's me. Uh -huh. No, it, there is, it is a, an unquantifiable aesthetic in terms of cultural, like, I don't mean grittiness that like everything was actually dirty. I mean, just the overall vibe was just that little bit rougher like the effects are a little bit rougher the the clothing has that look to it there's just there's something about it that's very early 90s that isn't quite it's not the clothes they're wearing aren't designer like mm -hmm. they're they're thrifted sweaters you know like it's it's when i say it's grittier that's what i mean i don't mean that like the main character wasn't an actress who got popular on friggin tiktok you know, whereas movies now, 
movies now are banking more on social media celebrities than they are on an A-list actor. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no no such... The Rock is, like, the only A-list actor there is. Name me another A-list actor working today that's, like, still A-list. Tom Cruise. Uh, are his movies really A-list or is it just Mission Impossible? Mm. Yeah, maybe it's just Mission Impossible. Those right? movies are A-list. Those for, those for sure are A-list. But you know what I'm saying? There is something about this time period, 1989 to 1996, where it goes from that little bit grittier, dirtier, early 90s vibe. And we talked about it during Scream. Mm -hmm. Scream is much more polished. It doesn't hit the 2000s level of polish where you get stuff where it is very much squeaky clean. But there's, look at something like The Craft, the same year, couple of the same actors to Scream. The aesthetic is different. Okay. So now that we've wasted time talking about that, if anybody would like to weigh in on this, we can be reached on Twitter. Yes, this is true. So getting into the movie, similar plot to Adam's family, as I was saying, the, the, the hidden treasure, the hidden treasure in the mansion. And right off the bat, we get into cameo city where all of the, the people trying to exercise the ghosts from the house. Yeah. Like Dan Aykroyd. I remember that. That was one thing yep. I remember the movie was Dan Aykroyd showing up in the Ghostbusters. I'm costume. pretty sure I saw this before I saw Ghostbusters. Oh, really? Yep. I had definitely seen Ghostbusters before I'd seen this. So that, that joke actually made sense to me. It was really funny with like, I guess we can talk about all the cameos right now. <laughs> like just cause there was so, there was a lot of cameos in this movie and I don't remember that except for, Except for well, the Dan even Aykroyd before that, one. At the start, the lawyer who's reading the will is Ben Stein. Yeah. And did you know Ben Stein is crazy? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've talked about Ben Stein's craziness on another episode. Yeah, like he's wacko. Yeah. Also, speaking of wacko, that house is wackier than I remember, too. The what exterior was with of the house? The inside. What was with the piranha? Like the, all of the handholds on the stairwell were piranhas. Do you know that house was used for the Backstreet's Back yes. music video? Yes, I did know that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really funny, too, because some of those cameos might have not have aged as well. I, I mean, like, obviously, the Mel Gibson cameo is a little bit more mm -hmm. of a when he shows up. Anyway, so one of the cameos is a comedian playing a priest. And I can't remember that guy's name, but I'll always remember him from some bit that he does where he talks about Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Uh, and he goes into the house and the ghosts scare him so badly that his head spins around backwards. Yeah, I'd say so. And it was a absolutely awful effect. It might have been one of the worst effects we've seen on the since we've been doing this podcast is his head on backwards. I wasn't that offended by it, but again, his line of piece of cake, piece of chrome cake uh -huh. is classic. So I'm okay with so it. So you were okay with the bad effects because it had a quotable line before? No. Um again, I was okay with Honestly, the effects of this movie, this is the first movie where a CG character is the main character. It was very... And they did a decent job for 1995. Like, I would say that, like most of the effects, especially on the ghosts, were very good. It was like, to me, it was like if they took the main animation models from Toy Story, or t probably Toy Story 2, because I think Toy Story 2 is around the same time, and then 
put them in a movie with real actors. I don't think Toy Story 2 came out in 1995, hun. I said around. I didn't say it was the same year. I don't think they came out close to each other, dear. 95. It look, they looked <laughs> like the character models from from Toy Story. With, mm-hmm. with superhumans, superhumans. You, I said, you said, I said Toy Story or Toy Story 2. No, you paused. You went, no, or Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. So 99. So it had better effects than Toy Story. So there you go. Boom. Boom. Wow. You sure showed me. No, I boomed you. Oh, huh? I said boom now. Okay. Jesus. You got jammed. How much wine have you had? Not much. So anyway. I'm very sore. <laughs> so anyway. The 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 ghost effects were yeah yeah it was like the Toy Story models Toy the Story Toy Story two, two models <laughs> they were pretty good for ghost effects imposed over the the actors I mean like the actors again like this is when the actors start acting with like card or um tennis balls right so mm-hmm. like especially for a kid actor like Christina Christina Ricci's amazing yeah well she's been acting at this point for a very long time very long time she's been in an Adams Family movie so she knows her she's got her spooky chops yep. Well, she was in Mermaids in the 80s. That movie's great. She was in Now and Then. That movie's amazing. I haven't seen either of those movies. <sighs> okay, we, we've, we've not really talked too much about the actual movie itself, so we should probably talk a little bit about the actual movie. Okay. When I got... It- <laughs> so, it does get answered, but my first thought was, because it's been a while since I've seen this, and mm-hmm. I was like, so, Casper is trying to like he doesn't want people to get scared away casper's lonely casper wants a friend he's a friendly ghost his uncles are dicks yes who scare everybody away and so casper's trying to get kerrigan to keep people in the house and he follows kerrigan to her hotel through the phone lines yes which is a little weird. And I'm like, if Casper can go anywhere, why doesn't he just leave? I wrote this down as well. I wrote, if Casper can leave the, to haunt the hotel, why can't he just leave and to find a friend? And then we find that the uncles do travel the world. Yeah, the uncles leave all the time. Okay, you know what? I didn't want to get into this right away, but I'm getting into this. What is the rules of ghosts in this movie, too? <laughs> we went extensively um, into the rules of ghosts for ghosts. And this movie has ridiculous ghost rules as well. I don't think it follows exactly the same rules as ghosts no it doesn't but i mean okay first of all first of all were his uncles named fatso stinky and stretch when they were human when they were born were their parents like well that one's fatso that one's stinky yeah i think that's and one that one's stretch the lingering questions of like were these actually even his uncles because it makes no sense because like but again his we we know for a fact casper's dad was an eccentric inventor yes and so Casper, maybe the uncles, maybe the uncles moved in because they have beds there with their names on them. So obviously someone human made those beds. With okay, Yeah, with their names carved into them, which is like a children thing to do. So maybe the whole family was eccentric and only one of the eccentric family members was Casper's dad, who was actually able to like invent and stuff, whereas maybe his the dad's brothers were all super crazy and just he's like well i'm a big rich dude and i'm also kind of crazy so you guys can live with us because i'm lonely because my kid died and then his the uncles died and they all stayed behind too but the dad whose unfinished business would be making the lazarus because that's the whole thing with ghosts here they have unfinished business yes which tends to be a very common ghost thing it's a ghost who stay behind over the ghost 
Ghost had the same thing. Sam Wheat had unfinished business. Mm -hmm. So once his business was finished, which was protecting Molly and getting his killer, he was able to pass on. In this, wouldn't Casper's dad's unfinished business be going, like still inventing the Lazarus machine, which he hadn't finished, and bringing his son back to life? And then if Casper is a ghost that everybody can see, did he just hang out with his dad even though he was a ghost? Yeah, why would his dad need to bring him back if he was right there? Like, I'd still want to bring him back, too. But, like, if his unfinished business was to be with his son, being a ghost with his son would be perfect. And what is Casper's unfinished business? To have a friend? But then he has a friend and then doesn't go away. He does. It's not. That wasn't his unfinished business. It couldn't have been. Because if he, he meant he made a friend, he should have disappeared. None of it makes sense. Oh, here's, the, here's my favorite stuff that doesn't make sense. Why? Do Casper and his uncles look like weirdos when the dad dies and also the villain dies? They come back looking like ghosts that look like themselves. And are also wearing some clothes. Then are also wearing clothes. Maybe everybody else died naked. Also, when the mom comes back as a ghost, she looks normal. She's She's not a ghost. What is she then? She's an angel. So angels get to appear how they looked before they died. Yes. And ghosts are weird anthropomorphized cartoon blobs of the people who died, or they're just cartoon blobs in general. Yes. So Fatso gets to be the symbol of the Ghostbusters logo, but Bill Pullman gets to be Bill Pullman still. Well, maybe it's one of those things over time they lose their humanity because they forget who they are too, right? They forget a lot of stuff. That's one of the things they start to forget. So maybe over time, not only do they forget other people, but they forget themselves. I don't know. The ghost rules in this movie don't make any sense either. Do they make a ton of sense in Ghost either? They make more sense than this movie. Well, yeah, but did they make a ton of sense? They made more sense than a this A lot movie. of ghost movies don't make a lot of sense in terms of ghost rules because hard and fast rules basically mean ghosts don't exist. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. So anyway, we mean- Oh, I also want to say in 2015, if this movie was made, they would have called Zach Baggins. No. Oh. Ghost Adventures. The ghost bro? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. Could you imagine like the, the cameo like, dude, bro? Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> they didn't get called. So we meet Bill Pullman and his daughter, and they move into the house. When we first see Kat, you know something I realized? What? The necklace she wears. I had a necklace very similar to that. They were very popular. Oh, that's that's cool. Bill Pullman calls his daughter Bucket as a term of endearment. What's up with that? Why would you why would you call him Bucket? Look, okay, so I call our kid all sorts of crazy crap. Yeah, but you don't call him like Bucket. Usually him a, it's you call him like usually a cute animal pet name or like something. Like Honey Bunny. Yes. Love Duck. Yeah. That's not like, hey, thing that holds water. <laughs> like call him Bum Bum, Stinko, Tootie Magooty. So I mean like, you know, they nicknames. Bucket. So in D and I have a D and D group. One of the characters plays a robot artificer named Bucket. That see that that's different. That's like um a character's name in a fantasy situation. This is a fantasy movie too. He it's her nickname. Why would you nickname your kid Bucket? Maybe her. Favorite Why would toy, your maybe her favorite toy was a bucket? Our kids got some stupid favorite toys. Oh, okay, whatever. It just is weird. It was very weird. Also. Also, immediately after this bucket thing happens, 
Bill Pullman defeats the uncles with a vacuum cleaner. That this sucks line was a big one we quoted on the playground. Too. Of course, of course. So, oh, another thing I meant to say when the Fatso shows up, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's uh, Ray Romano's brother. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. yeah. Like as soon he didn't even say a line, and I knew it was that guy's. I'm trying. I'm trying. I can't even remember his name. All of a sudden. Oh, Brad um, Garrett. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no. Was, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Brad Garrett. Like the second before he even opened his mouth, because he just—that's the kind of character he plays in yeah. a lot of things. Anyway, so he sucks them up with a vacuum, which makes me wonder why couldn't the Ghostbusters suck them up with their tools? But whatever. Well, these are scarier ghosts than the Ghostbusters have ever dealt with. You uh, see, apparently, apparently. Can I say too? So. Cat, who's Christina Ricci, goes to school one time. Mm-hmm. Meets a bully who goes meow when she said her name is Cat. And it's like, who cares? But like, okay, apparently it was the biggest joke. Too funny. To the other students. But they and call, like, the teacher is like, oh, it's uh, Harvey Kathleen. And as someone who growing up, my maiden name is a common men's first name. Mm-hmm. That actually happened to me several times. That people would call you Thomas Laura? Yep. I, they'd get like an attendance sheet and they'd be like, Thomas Laura? I'm like, oh my freaking God. What kind of last name is Laura? It's a weird, that's a weird one. Yeah. So it actually, so anyone who's like, nobody would make that mistake. Trust me. They do. It's stupid. People are dumb. Hmm. So, yeah. So they, they, she goes to school the first day at school. The teacher somehow is able to make the arrangements of where the Halloween dance is going to be based on suggestions from the class. Like, it's just like, Hey, the entire school's Halloween dance. Oh, okay. We'll just have it at that girl's place. It's it's decided. Yeah. That was a little like, and like, they haven't even asked permission to her dad. Yeah. Who's not even technically, it's like, we're living here, but they don't own it. They don't own it. The, the villain owns it. And can I just say this movie would never work the other way around. If it was, Cat's mom that was alive and the dad that was dead. This wouldn't be a movie. So see, and I actually read a book a long time ago, not even a long time ago. Uh, I read a book a couple years ago called Dark Matter. And it's one of those uh, multiverse type books. It was good, but my issue with it is this guy, he's super smart, sucked into this interdimensional multiverse sort of situation. Blah, blah, blah. And his whole goal is to get back to his wife. They also have a son. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got to get back to my wife. Got to get back to my wife. Got to get back to my wife. In this, he's got to find his wife. He's got to find his wife. He's got to find his wife. The care for their daughter doesn't really matter. Care for, got to get back to the wife. Got to find the wife. Wife, wife, wife. Spouse, spouse, spouse. I don't know what it is, but men care about their spouses. Women care about their kids. This movie would not exist the other way around. It would not be a woman searching everywhere for her husband with a kid dragged along. It would be a mom searching for her kid or a husband searching for his spouse. Crazy, right? Maybe it's because us women are birthing them, growing them in our own bodies. I mean, you've already told me that if I die versus the kid, you're like, meh. Not meh, but like, you know. The sacrifice, Could have been worse. If a sacrifice has to be made, you've lived a good life. <laughs> okay. You're almost 40. <laughs> it's almost time to put you out to pasture anyway. I appreciate that. 
so we get we get some more moments with Casper. And this is when it became very apparent to me that Casper is a nice guy. A little bit. Because Kat quickly develops. She has like she's like very like the the bully's boyfriend at school. Obviously, Kat instantly has an attraction to this kid. Mm-hmm. She's like, he has a girlfriend, obviously. So it's like, but like Casper is very much like he's very possessive of her. Yeah. Very again, possessive. He hasn't when was the last time he was around a girl his age? He, well, the age he died at. <laughs> still and societal norms when he died are very different Uh uh-huh regardless casper is i would say a very a little abusive with how he acts around her i'm just saying would you go full-on abusive the dragging her out a window okay yes he dragged her out of a window that's a little yeah that might have been a little much yeah but then he takes her to a lighthouse and it's beautiful (laughs) that makes it all better yeah, it's the, it's the, the honeymoon period. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. It's it's the whole thing where it's like, oh, I did something bad to you, but I did something nice to make up for it. Yeah. It's okay. She can't change Casper. <laughs> well, she can't. No. She tries, but but then, okay. So he also does a lot of creepy stuff. like like watching her. He's very Edward in Twilight. He, he watches her like do stuff. And then like she goes to lie in the bed and he gets under her. Like he's like a. You know, he becomes like a, a pillow. pillow, but he like goes under her, which is played for laughs because she like poofs him up and he's like, oof. But it's like, dude, that's creepy that you're like lying under that girl without her permission and such. A little bit. Yeah. Casper, you're a creep. You're a creepy dude. Also, it's around this point for the first time where she's sleeping, where Casper leans up and goes, can, can I keep you? Which gives me shivers every time I hear me it. Me too. But not the way they give you shivers. <laughs> I also shivers. love. Okay, so Doctor Harvey is yes. there to therapize the ghosts. Yes. So that to help them cross over, and the ghosts actually do become quite fond of him in their own way. Yeah, they like want to hang out with him. They yeah. go to the, they go to a bar together. Yeah. They, they get him killed. Yeah, they do. <laughs> With wait wait okay so he falls in a pit he falls in a pit immediately outside of the bar how was that how did they get into the bar if that pit was there side entrance okay anyway it's a good thing he had unfinished business because mm-hmm. like yeah but even then cat explores this huge house more and more and she discovers Casper's old playroom from when he was alive and sets it all back up for him as a surprise and this is the scene where I cried because this is when we find out what happened to Casper yes. And he sees his old sled and he's like, I begged my dad for the sled. And he said, no. And then I went, came downstairs and it was sitting there for me. And I went out, I was, I rode it all day and it was getting late. And he's like, it got dark, got cold. I got sick. Dad got sad. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. And then he died. (laughs) Oh, his dad was sad. And I'm sitting here just like, and I look over, I'm like, did you cry too? And you're like, no. Why? (laughs) Empathy. I have empathy. No, you don't. Not like I do. (laughs) Okay. I'm a very empathetic person. Uh, That's why you cry for Casper, the friendly pervert. (laughs) Shut up. I did. Hun, is it really his fault? He's a pervert. He's been 12 for a hundred years. What do you expect? I uh, I don't know. It does make it okay. It's He's just- got three uncles 
who clearly have been a bad influence on him. They've been very abusive to him. Like this poor kid, like it doesn't make his behavior okay or acceptable, but it does explain it. Anyway. So the whole time Kerrigan's like, get the ghosts out of my house. Find my treasure. Because apparently there's treasure in the house. Yes. According to a secret document, document in the will. that was in the will. Yeah. Yeah. From her dad. Yeah, it was her dad that died. Da- he her gave, dad owned the house. He, her reason. dad owned the house, which is not talked about at all. At all. He, he, they just say that he had the deed to the house. And like he gave all of his money to animal shelters and not to his daughter. Well, she's pretty terrible. She is pretty terrible. But Kathy Moriarty is perfect as this terrible woman. And then instantly it's like they find like the Lazarus machine and they find the the cool chair that goes through the roller coaster through the house and the whole thing that the doctor that Casper's dad set up is great. And they realize because they're going to bring the Lazarus machine is supposed to bring back people from the dead. Yes. And they realize, Oh, there's the vault. Casper's like, Oh, my treasure's in there or whatever. And it's like, Oh, I can just go in, get the treasure and then pop in the Lazarus machine and come back to life. Cause there's a ghost. You can go through walls. Yeah. Whatever. And instantly the second Kerrigan realizes this, she's like, I'll just kill Dibs. And it's like, oh yeah, she is a terrible person. And Dibs has been like her loyal servant the whole time. And it's Eric Idle who's brilliant and everything. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I'll kill him. And then she's the one who ends up driving her car almost off a cliff. It was actually, so she's trying to kill him and she chased him down with the car. And then luckily when she crashes the car over the edge of the cliff, it gets caught. Mm-hmm. And she gets saved, and she opens the door to get out. And, yes, yes. Uh, okay, come on. You have to admit that was pretty funny. That was very funny. I, I didn't say it wasn't. Okay, I, just, you're you're very like Ugh, this movie. I'm actually very tired. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, I have one question about the Lazarus machine. Okay, is is your question if it was unfinished? Why did it work when all they did was turn it on? No. Okay. That is a good question. Because they literally, you said that like, oh yeah, the dad didn't, he never was able to finish the machine and literally they turn it on and it works just fine. So here's my question about it. Okay. When we find it, there's only one vial of the Lazarus potion left. Yes. They're going to use it on Casper and then Kerrigan steals it. Doesn't work on Casper. He's a fried egg. And then they're going to use it again, but then- we find out Dr. Harvey's dead. Yes. And it's like, oh, we'll have to bring him back. What happened to his body? Oh, yeah. Okay. So he fell in the hole and he died. Yeah. And then they put him in the Lazarus machine. So, and then they and he then came his back ghost out again. Becomes a person again. So, does that mean that his dead body, is there a second body? Is this of like him? a cloning? It, did it clone him? That's a good question. Is his body still sitting in that ditch? Because that would be a really easy way to like, it's not even faking your death because you'd really be dead, but they'd have a body for the insurance and then you'd collect on yourself. Yeah. Like the greatest insurance scam of all time. Like, how does it work? Does the body teleport? Is it like an MMO where like if you die, your body teleports to like, you know, when you're playing video games? Maybe when the new body is made, the old body disintegrates. Is it like a, is it like a time paradox thing where there can only be one existing at a time? Maybe it is still there, and it is a time paradox thing where, like, if he touched his own body, he ceased to exist. None of it makes sense. No. And then all the kids are upstairs at the dance while this is happening. Yes. And Angel Mom shows up. And rewards Casper for his good deed. With a Cinderella effect until 10. 
He gets one dance out of it. And it's Devin Sawa. Yeah. Who doesn't voice Casper. No. He's only he only plays live action Casper at the end of the movie. Yeah. But he was so cute. Okay. But then live action Casper says, Can I keep you? And it's even creepier when a real person says it oh, versus it's so a CG cute. effect. Oh, hon, they're just kids. It's still weird. If they were like 30, it'd be a little weird, but like it's still weird. It's, it's still cute. weird. It's weird. It's weird. He wants to put her in slavery. No, he just I guess wants it's to, okay if he, he wants would... to keep her in his unlife. Were they in the South? Like were they, was was this whole thing happening in the South and he died before the Civil War? This is Maine. <laughs> Friendship Maine is a real town. Is that where Casper lives in the comics? I don't even know. I don't remember. Anyway, so yeah. So that happens. He they have their floaty dance moment. All of the kids see it and decide, oh no, floating dancing is so scary that they leave. And then the movie's over. <laughs> it's just done. Well, at this There's point, Dr. Moment. Harvey is going to be a better dad. The, I guess. Yeah, he's like, hey, great job, kid. I saw your mom. Disco. Play him out, boys. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literally, he calls on the uncles and they come out and they start. One of them starts singing with the voice of Little Richard. Yeah, but it was fun. It was just a very sudden stop to the end of the movie, I guess. Okay. I don't know. It was a really fun little 90 minutes. They didn't extend it too long. It was, uh, you know, they. what, what would you have done? I don't know. Anything. <laughs> some sort anything. Of, some sort of closure. There I, was closure. I, I, I guess. I don't know. It, it Casper just, got a friend. He the got uncles a friend. weren't so terrible. The dad got to see the mom again. And Kat finally gets her dad back. Okay, I guess I guess uh, it just seemed a lot more sudden to me than they wrap it all up very quickly in a neat little package. How convenient! Sorry if it sounded sarcastic. Yes, but that was what we thought of this movie. Critics in 1995 had their own thoughts about this movie. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? So, this movie is lower ranked on Rotten Tomatoes than I hoped. Uh huh. It's got a 50 percent or critical score and a 49 percent audience score which is pretty pretty close owen gliberman of entertainment weekly said it's a fairy tale with the soul of a rerun <laughs> that was pretty funny yeah that's good karen james the new york times said casper's movie is not the cleverest one around but its hero may be the most lovable mm. agree to disagree ebert Gave a positive review. It says, as a technical achievement, it's impressive and entertaining. And there is even a little winsome philosophy. It actually did win some awards. Really? For like effects? Won a Saturn for best performance by a younger actor. For, okay, here's the question though. The kid playing Casper or live action Casper? Christina Ricci. Oh. <laughs> and it was nominated for best fantasy film. Mm -hmm. But it lost to Babe. You know Babe. I know Babe. Ram you. That's a movie we're going to watch at some point. I've never seen it. It did also get nominated for a Stinker's Bad Movie Award <laughs> for Worst Picture, but mm -hmm. it lost mm -hmm. to Showgirls. Yeah, it was, should have been a shoe in for a Stinker's Bad Movie Award with Stinky as part of the cast. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, what did you think of it? Okay, so the whole point of the podcast is yes. does this movie hold up to my mm -hmm. memories? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. Okay. I had a great time watching it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very sweet. It was very nostalgic. 
as a family movie. I thought it was really good. It is a movie I would show her son in a couple years. Maybe when he's five or six, I think he would really enjoy it. Uh, so I'm going to double butter on it. I know you're going to not have the same opinion, and that's fine. But honestly, for what it is, I think it really holds up. Okay. Okay. It was it was gritty for you. <laughs> was it doubly gritty for you? <laughs> I enjoyed it. Okay, I had a lot of fun. I was smiling the whole time, except for the part where I cried. Okay. 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 That's fair. That's fair. You're right. I do not share the same <laughs> I opinion. Know. The same the same opinion as you. I uh, I do not think it is a double butter. But I can look past my own opinions of it. And looking through the lens of, is this a movie I think a child would enjoy? I think so. And for that, I think it's got some value to it. And I would give this a plane. Fair. So, personally, as much as I had some problems with it, there were still parts of the movie that did entertain me. There were things that I did enjoy about the film. It's not like I was just like, what a terrible movie. I hate this. But... You know, I at the end of the day, it was a plane for me. That's fair. I I can't argue with with that. Your reasons are good, no. and I do appreciate that you acknowledge that this movie is a family kids movie, and you have to look at it with that lens. And so I do appreciate that. I am especially older kids movies. I love mm-hmm. a lot of them. Newer stuff, not so much, because again, it's more polished. It's less about poop and fart jokes. I mean, this movie does have poop and fart jokes, but it's less about that than a movie from today would be. Like if one of if the characters made, isn't a literal poop. If they made a Casper movie now, there'd be a section where it would be like fart joke, pause for laughter, extension of the same fart joke. One of the ghosts would become a poop emoji. It would just be like, like so instead of the fart, it'd be like. Yeah, 100%. Like one really long. Well, everybody just sits there and awkwardly stares because that's a joke that I see. I feel like a is lot. In, I feel like every every kid's movie has the extended trailer joke. Yeah. Where it's just one really long burp or, or fart or. Yeah. Or something along those lines, and this this does this movie spares us from that kind of a fate. So, yeah, there you go. I, I agree with you in that sense that it's it's got some things over some more some of the more modern kids movies. But but anyway, that will do it for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn. Next week we will be taking a look at Empire Strikes Back because I said that as was going to be my pick, and I'm not changing my mind. Yeah. So we'll be watching Empire Strikes Back as part two of my three-part Star Wars torture. I mean, trilogy of movies that we're watching as part of the show. So look forward to that. I won't. (laughs) Look forward to that on next week's episode. But for this week's episode of Burn Popcorn, I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.